0: And welcome to a very special episode of Ruben on Cut Unlike other episodes where we would take you through some type of topic Or discussion or silliness like that Today we will be getting to something that is truly artistic Something that is relaxing Something to bring you a sense of compassion and humanity Today, please join us as Ruben guides you through a guided visualization. Yes, that's right, a guided visualization. So sit down with your favorite intoxicant. Put your ear... Put your headphones on or earpieces in or turn, up the su- or turn up the volume on your computer. <clears throat> sit back, relax, and close your eyes. As you let the sweet, melodic tones... Of Ruben's voice guide you through the visualization. And now, without further ado, here is Ruben Ryan. Hello, thank you for joining me. Now, I just want you to close your eyes and take a deep breath. Taking a taking one big deep breath and then a slow exhale. Make sure your body is nice and relaxed. Allow, take another deep breath in. Allow all the tension to just flow out of you as you exhale. Try and exhale for 10 seconds, but if you can only do five, that's okay. Here we go. Barely made it to 10 myself. I have to work on that all right all right now with your eyes closed i want you to imagine the grass between your toes as you're walking through a delicate field of flowers i want you to imagine the smell of the flowers wafting into your nostrils They smell like spring. There's a faint touch of rain or dew. The flowers appear to be a variety of poppy and dandelion and whatever those little blue bell things are. I can't remember, but you know what I'm talking about, right? They're flowers. It's nice. They smell good. you are just walking through the flowers in a peaceful meadow. You look out in one direction, you see a bunch of deer chewing the grass, and you wave to them gently, and the deer almost seem to wave back at you with their eyes and their antlers. We're gonna keep walking now. You come to a, You come to a stream and there's a little boy with a with a fishing rod, just delicately allowing it to bob up and down in the river. You're gonna go up to the boy. Before you can say anything to the boy, the boy turns his head gently towards you and he, and he points at you and he starts to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and at first you're like, oh yay, the laughter of Small children. Surely this is some type of good omen. The next thing you know, though, several other small children leap from behind you. They have a variety of things like baseball bats and bicycle chains. And they're looking at you very menacingly. And they only appear to be somewhere between the ages of 5 to 11. There's a whole gang of them. Multi-ethnic. You know, like Hollywood does. They start to come towards you and you feel yourself backing up this is an alarming and confusing situation the thought goes through your mind can i fight children not just morally am i capable of fighting children but also can i fight like five or six children who have weapons you're assuming that they're weaker than you but you don't know they look pretty tough for kids one of them has a scar on their face and the other one's got tattoos they're still definitely children but they are clearly meaner and tougher than other children them. and as you start to back away from them you have realized you've forgotten about the first child the obvious bait of the group behind you of his fishing pole and as you're backing up he trips you with the fishing pole, and you find yourself falling into the water your head is under the water you can't breathe you're sputtering but you try to lift your head up but now you realize the current is taking you down the river oh my god and the children are flailing on the on the on the riverbanks, brandishing their weapons at you and laughing and mocking you as you find yourself drifting downstream in a panic. You're yelling, yelling for help. Oh, my God, somebody, 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 somewhere have a rope or, or one of those life preserver ring things. Surely someone can help me. And you're being buffeted, buffeted by the rocks. As, as the water is becoming more and more intense. But suddenly, you feel a hand reach down and grab you and and pull you into the boat. And you look up at the person who has pulled you into their boat, and your, your breath is taken away. For whether or not you feel compelled in an attraction to the feminine gender. Before, he was the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Elegant, well-dressed, but not so well-dressed that she couldn't be on a boat. She invites you into the boat. She hands you a towel and a small plate of food. It appears to be some type of cookies or cakes. And you nervously bite into them and they're they're quite good they're quite good and she tells you please come back with me to my house and me and my sisters will make sure that you are given dry clothes and a place to stay for the night doesn't that sound wonderful and it and you have to admit that it does and you find yourself nodding your head dumbly along with it and she brings the boat up to a, a And she gets out and she helps you out of the boat and guides you towards the house. And once inside the house, she indicates, oh, these, by the way, are my three sisters. And you take a moment, you're not sure that's the original number of sisters she said before, but you know, she's really cute and you can't wait to meet her sisters. And before your stunning eyes arrive her sisters. And you have the exact opposite sensation, feeling and realization upon looking at them, upon them. They are hideous. They're in ways that you can't even describe. Whatever revolt, the most literally, each of their faces and bodies are feature the most revolting things you could possibly imagine upon a person's physique or face. I'm not going to describe it exactly it's on you what you choose to judge a person's body by, but my god, you feel any arousal you felt a minute ago for their sister just completely shrivel up inside of you. And now you're very concerned, because it's not just that they are the most hideous human beings you've ever seen, it's also that they have weird, long, pointy, knife-like teeth. They don't look like her at all. In fact, they barely look human. And one of them is brandishing a sharp knife as she's coming towards you. You can hear a sharpening, shink, shink, shink. And the beautiful sister suddenly calls out, Good news, sisters. I found dinner. And you hear the door slam behind you and you're like, Oh, shit. This was not how I pictured this day going. The one with the knife is slowly coming towards you, and you now realize the trap that they are hideous cannibal people who use a beautiful sister to lure everyone to the house and then eat them. You see the one with the knife is coming towards you, and you hear the other one start to cackle and laugh like the worst types of stereotypical Hollywood witches. And you see the one with the knife just coming towards you. Shunk, shunk, shink, shink. They've all got... Pustules dripping off of their bodies, probably a side effect of cannibalism. And they come towards you with the knives, and she's getting closer and closer and closer and you you don't know what to do, you don't know what to do. you're freaking, freaking out. But then you see. And you think, even though that window is slightly boarded up, I think I can squeeze just underneath one of the boards. And so you run! You run across that floor! You're running! You're running very fast! And you hear them cackling after you! And you hear the sound of their knives! And you're running! Copy, 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 copy. You get to the window, and you, you know you're going to have to run and jump through it! And you're going to have to hope that you just don't get caught on the boards. And you run. And you put your arms in front of your face, holding those shield your precious eyeballs from the glass. And you feel the impact of the glass against your elbows and forearms. You feel it give way as the glass slightly lacerates the sides of your arms and nicks the corner of your ear. And you're falling a few feet to the ground. It was the first floor. You're not that badly off. Into a Bush and the bush is full of prickers, and you feel them stabbing you all up, all up in your body. They're in your ribs. They're in your butt. They're in your. They're getting close to your crotch. Dangerously close to your nipples and your and your face. But you manage to roll out of the bush, and you and you hear them running for the door. And now you're running again, and you can't figure out this day. My God, what a horrible day! Everyone's out to get me. And you're running, and you're running, and you're running, and you see a. You see the woods, and you run into the woods, and you you hide inside a tree. The tree is is big and old. And it smells of of wood that is long rotted, but is also soft and inviting. And you you can hear you can hear the cannibal women as they wander through the woods, cackling and looking for you, but but you're your relief they don't come to the tree. Here hear that? You can hear them walking in the wrong direction, cackling off. <laughs> you brave a sigh of relief. You debate sleeping in the tree or waiting for night. Instead you decide to sneak out of the tree, going in the opposite direction of the cackling. You're relieved. Relieved that that's over. You find yourself now in a a dense forest full of green plants and big trees. It's oddly comforting, despite the amount of times you've nearly been physically harmed in the last few minutes. And you're wandering through the forest, the grass, once again, the dirt and grass getting between your toes because you're shoeless, I've heard of, even in case you remembered from earlier. The smell, you no longer sense the smell of the flowers from the field. Now you're smelling more of a moss, more of a, you smell the trees and their vines. Take a moment to just breathe it in. Isn't that nice? Isn't that relaxing? Can't you finally feel yourself becoming calm again? Very much calmer than you were before, and you slowly just start to let go of how traumatic and stressful the last events were, and you, you think you see a little opening in the forest. And you start to move towards it the and as you get closer, you can't believe your eyes. For what you see are little no men dancing and twirling hee 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 in the midst of the woods, playing instruments that you cannot describe and barely comprehend as they Jump on top of toadstools and many colored mushrooms. Many of which remind you of something like Super Mario or Alice in Wonderland. And as you enter the forest, the gnomes notice you. And they seem extremely excited to see you and they gesture you over to the center of the center of their gathering. And they bring out these little cups. Of what appears to be tea, and they all start to drink from it. And they hand you a, a little cup of the tea, and they, they, the gesture for you to ingest it. And you, you bring the delicate little, delicate little teacup to your mouth, and you, and you drink in the tea, and it, it tastes, it tastes strangely, strangely like, strangely dirty, almost pungent. It's not any tea that you've ever had before. It doesn't taste like green tea, or black tea, or, or, uh, or Rebo's tea, or, or, in, or Persian or Persian tea, or, or even herbal tea, and you're, you're running out of teas that it reminds you of, and then you think about that time you were at that music festival and someone handed you some some tea and, and it tasted kind of like this tea and now suddenly it's dawning on you that you have been handed a tea with psychedelic mushroom tea of some kind and all all the gnomes are drinking it up and and they seem and they're watching you to they're just watching you to see how you respond to the tea and and you begin to you begin to feel like your skin is is mildly crawling, but not necessarily in an unpleasant way. And everything, and the sun seems extra bright, and the little polka dots on the mushrooms start to dance about the mushrooms themselves. And you see the, the gnomes are dancing too, and they start to play their strange gnomie music that you can barely comprehend. And you know that when you, once you leave this forest, you'll never be able to remember what it sounded like again. you can see the trees start to sway and the branches of the clearing almost seem to be like a river running through the sky and all the gnomes start to dance and gyrate and they're gyrating a lot now the gnomes really seem to like the gyrating and now oh and now you start to notice the gnomes are they're unbuttoning their jackets they're taking off taking off their shirts and you you're seeing their little gnomy dad bods as they're rocking out to music you can barely comprehend. And now and then you see the gnomes start taking off their shoes too. And you're like, well, I've got my shoes off, that's no big deal, right? And then you start to see the gnomes unbuckling their belts, and you're like, Whoa, what's what's going on with these gnomes? And the next thing you know, the gnomes are pulling down their pants and they're and they're pulling out their penises. And they're just starting to wave their penises in the air. And you're kind of freaked out because the gnome penises are not proportional to their not tiny gnome bodies whatsoever. They're, they're, in fact, their penises are almost as big as their bodies. But maybe that's the, the mushroom tea. And you're not certain. The next thing you know, the gnomes just root, swinging their penises around like helicopters in front of you. And you're like, oh, God, what's going on with these gnomes? You're starting to feel very uncomfortable, both because of the drugs and because the gnomes are just waving their penises at you, just as rapid helicopter, like a he- rapid helicopter motion. And it, for a moment you become, you begin to feel threatened as they start to move towards you, but then, then an even more amazing and magical thing happens than you could possibly believe. They begin swinging their penises so rapidly and so fast that they begin to lift them off the ground. And you see the the gnomes are flying through the air via the rotation of their penises. And you can barely believe what you're looking at. You're you're relieved that they're no longer moving towards you, but they're flying into the sky with their with their penises. And, and then before you know it, they've all just flown off via dick copter. And you're left there in in the clearing and you and you're still tripping balls, and like there are rainbows everywhere even though it's not raining and the mushrooms are the ones dancing now and even though even though they've the gnomes are no longer there to play their music you, you swear to God there's still some kind of music going on right or maybe that's just the way the wind and the trees sound now Shh. you're starting to debate if you should lay back down and just wait for the drugs to pass but you don't know how long it's going to last or should you or should you get up and leave but if you go the wrong way you'll end up back with the cannibal women and what if the gnomes come back you, i mean sure they seemed friendly enough but they seemed almost they seemed also maybe a little too friendly were they expecting you to pull out a penis and copter with them Will they be mad if they come back and discover that you are not penis-coptering regardless of the reason you can't penis-copter? So take a deep breath. Think very hard about it. You identify the area where you had entered the clearing. And you're pretty sure that's where you entered the clearing. And so you turn. And you are decide to go the opposite way of where you think you've entered the clearing. So now you're walking through the woods again. Once again, the, the smell of the trees and the smell of nature starts to come into your nostrils. and It's almost intoxicating. And, and now the trees all seem to dance or, or shimmer or, or move in some way that they weren't before. And you, you are in awe. Every time you stop to look at a leaf, it turns into an array of geometric patterns. It's truly the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And then you find yourself finally outside the woods. Finally in the presence of something that is normal and familiar. An empty highway. Empty highway, with no cars on it at all. You think to yourself, "But I could follow this highway back to safety, right? That's a thing I could do." And you're like, "Yes, yes, this this path will lead me to safety, because it has to go to a town or city somewhere, and it's got to take me to at least a sign that has um, some amount." some directions on it but which way do you go left or right which way can you follow the highway And surely there will be someone along at some point what if the can but then another thought occurs what if the cannibals have found the highway too. What if they're expecting to find me on the highway? This is very bad. So you start to take some more deep breaths. You can figure this out. You can figure this out. There's got to be a way. And just as you're starting to freak out again because you're still tripping balls. It's been less than a half hour, I'm pretty sure. And suddenly, a car pulls up. the man sticks his head out of the car. Hey, you need a ride, buddy? You need a ride? You going to town? You look at the man. He looks painfully Midwestern. Painfully rural. He's got on a trucker cap that says I'm horny. He's got a... His face is full of acne scars and a big bulbous nose. He's got a Weird scar that goes around the bottom of his neck. He's got on a plaid shirt under tan overalls. But he is offering you a ride. So you think about it and you decide you do need a ride. And so you cordially accept the gentleman's invitation and you get into his vehicle. And you start to drive. And he tells you he's, he tells you where he's going. Yep, I'm just going into town. Got to drop off a bunch of my furs I've caught on my property. They say, now nah, fur trapping's not a big thing anymore, but you know, sometimes you just, you get a fox and it dies on your property. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm more than happy to take you into town now the radio on my car is broken don't expect no goddamn dang music or nothing but uh i'd be more than happy to serenade you if you need the music you find this to be a questionable offer you nod politely and drive in silence for a matter of moments before he turns to you again and says but i gotta say you may not have noticed my bumper sticker on my truck here And you would have to admit to yourself you were not paying super attention to the truck, which is of a weird, dirty lime green color, badly dented from years of use and largely covered in mud. You had missed the bumper sticker. You hope deep inside that it's not some type of aggressive political stance that might be aimed against you. And he turns and he he looks you dead in the eyes and you look into his deep brownish eyes and he says "Barber sticker says cash grass or ass nobody rides for free you feel a mild amount of panic start to rise up inside of you are you about to be sexually propositioned by a weird hillbilly man with a truck full of fox furs? This could be alarming. And this has been a weird day already, so it's completely possible. Then you think, but wait, two of those other things you might have. Begin going through your pockets real quickly, you notice that his eyes are on the road. He's not paying attention to you. He's just waiting to hear your response. You go into your pants and you pull out your wallet you look in your wallet, and to you are. Great disappointment. You have zero cash. You have a credit and debit card, but somehow you don't think those are going to ca- are going to pass for muster as he does, or as he did specify, cash. You also know that you don't have any weed on you. Oh no! Once again, you're in an uncomfortable situation with a man who seems suspicious at best. Then your eyes glance down. He's not watching you. But you do see what appears to be a little nugget of marijuana just sitting on the floor of the truck. While his eyes are on the road, you delicately pick up the diamond, this little diamond of marijuana that you found on the floor and slip it into your pocket. Then you get his attention. You tap him on the shoulder. Produce the nugget of marijuana from your pocket. He's excited to see it, and he takes it and he puts it in his pocket. And he says, "That'll do, buddy. The town's right over here. Shouldn't be nothing but a cut another moment or two, my my fine my fine friend." He pulls his truck around. And there's a gas station and what appears to be a bus stop. He gestures to the, dir- to the dilapidated gas station and says, I think they got a bus stop schedule in there if you need one. You, you thank the man profusely with a, thir- with a firm handshake, verbal communication seemingly escaping you at this time, and wander into the gas station. Once inside, you put your hand on the doorknob of the old gas station, And you open the gas station and suddenly you're in your sixth grade elementary school class. You're completely naked and everyone's staring at you. They're staring at you really hard and they seem to be pointing and laughing at your genitals. They're pointing and laughing specifically at your genitals. And then suddenly you notice the room is not full of your sixth grade class. It's full of everyone you know from work. And not only that, but they're all naked, too, and they have amazing genitals, like the greatest genitals you've ever seen. It's blowing your mind how great their genitals are, and that's at the exact moment where you're like, oh, fuck, this is a dream. And you wake up in bed, and you say, no more chili before bed. And you start your day. You go downstairs, Start making yourself some breakfast, and you go to, open, you go to open your refrigerator, and a bunch of gnomes with their dicks out jump out and say, "You're still dreaming, bitch!"